This is CliffCentral.com. Please note that the views expressed and the advice provided in this show are for general advice and entertainment purposes only. Nothing stated should be treated as a substitute for your own independent legal advice based on your own specific facts and objectives. Therefore, the presenter and CliffCentral.com accept no liability of any nature whatsoever, either expressed or implied. Law, like you've never heard it before. The Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg on CliffCentral.com. I'm Gary Hertzberg and this is The Laws of Life on CliffCentral.com. Alongside me today, Lionel Makokutlela. Dumela Gary and Dumela to our podcasters and today it is Tuesday and the swaggest legal show in the continent of Africa is on. I don't know why I always giggle when I hear that line. There may be merit in that one as well. It's quite corny, but there are merits. Yeah. Lines, today's show is about the Parktown boys coach who brutally sexually assaulted boys at the school. He's been found guilty of 114, if I'm not mistaken, counts of sexual assault and 12 counts of common assault. Rape seems to be a very serious situ- uh, situation in our country, and I think uh, kudos to you as well as the parents who actually came today to really talk about this um, pandemic. And I think it's only now that us as South Africans, we need to really t- uh, take the responsibility of actually talking about it, just so that we can really dis- uh, dismiss the shame that actually comes with it. And just also to uh, to give power to the victims to simply say that it was never their fault, and they should never be ashamed to really speak about their experiences. And we are here today to to really talk about it, and most importantly, to offer support and our sincere sorries to the family members who actually had to go through this traumatic experience. Yeah, well said, Lines. Uh, today's story really is, is, is one of heartbreak for the boys and their families. And uh, I have a son of seven years old. This story makes my stomach turn. It could happen to anyone. Child sexual abuse is often a life sentence for the victims. And for the coach, Mr. Colin Rex. His sentencing is coming up in a few days, and we wonder whether his sentence will be life-changing to him. The parents of the boys have suffered significant distress through this ordeal, and joining us and standing tall side by side are courageous parents Buya Koza, Michelle Hobkirk, and Ian Daly. Welcome to you all. Namu Kele Kili. Thank you. Yeah. Welcome to you all. Now, without uh, your support and that's to our listeners, fighting this cause can be a very lonely and, and hard one. And that is why we're having positive community people rallying around this, this very cause and helping one another. One such group that has supported the boys and their parents during this torment are Bikers Against Bullies South Africa, and representing them today is Jason Fermani. Welcome to you guys. Thank you very much. Thank you for letting us on the show. On the law side, uh, we are a law show. We welcome prominent Johannesburg attorney Peter van Niekerk. He's managing partner at Attorneys Evershed Sutherland, and he's also director of the Teddy Bear Foundation. That's something I want to talk about as well. He's accompanied by attorneys from his firm, Josephine Matsikiwa and Georgia Barnard. Welcome to you all. Hello, Gary. Thank you. Uh, we could have hired the City Hall on this one, Lines. I think we have about 15 people in studio. We spoke to Gareth before. He said, I just, you know, whatever, just bring everyone in and enjoy yourselves, if you can. This show is presented in collaboration with Legal Talk South Africa and uh, their Facebook membership, 
uh, runs close to 200,000 people. And the show is pinned, uh, the, or the podcast is pinned on their page for all their and everyone else's listeners to take a listen to. Lange, you want to give out our Twitter handle? Yes, you can actually touch base with us on at Hetzlaw, H-E-R-T-Z-L-A-W. That's where you can actually send us a message and give us any topic that you'd like us to talk about. Like we are doing today, we are going to be talking about sexual harassment or people who actually have been raped. But most importantly, you can also just give us a like on our Facebook page, which Gary will give us more details on. Your Facebook page, The Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg. Okay, let's talk to uh, some of our parents. Who wants to kick off first? Ian, uh, we'll give you uh, men first, as we say in this particular case. Yeah. Uh, one of your boys uh, went through the hell of of this abuse. You want to tell us a bit about yeah, he's it? One, he's one of Cotton Rex's victims. So just a correction there with regards to the number of um, convictions that he's got. Uh, there's 144 sexual assault charges that he was guilty of, which he actually admitted to. So he pleaded guilty to those charges. And there were 12 assault charges that were um, he was found guilty of. Uh, my son was is and yeah is is really been damaged as a result of what's happened. He's currently um, yeah he's currently having to deal with a lot of psychological um, problems. He's also in matric, so he's started his matric exams today. He's got a lot on his plate. But it's played a, a hell of a role in our lives as a family. It's been very difficult um, over the time. And yeah, we're just trying to we're trying to get through it and hopefully try and fix things as we go along so it doesn't happen to other people. What age was your son when when the abuse happened? Okay, so it was 2016 November, so it's 2018, which is incredible. Two years later, and it was two years before that, so he was 15 and 16. As dad, uh, sorry, your son was in boarding school at the time. Yeah, he he stayed at the hostel. Did you know? Did you did you notice any change in his in his character or his conduct during this time? You know, when he first went to the hostel, um, what they do at Parktown Boys, or they did at the time, is they'd go straight onto something called the Grade Eight Camp, where he'd be accompanied by uh, Matrix and a few of the teachers that would go along as well. Um, subsequently, we've discovered exactly, well, certainly a lot of what's happened at there, and exactly who was aware and who was responsible with regards to the bullying and initiation that took place. Um, and that's basically where it starts because at the camp they're basically taught not to snitch um, with phrases such as snitches get stitches and what happens on tour stays on tour, what happens on camp stays on camp. Um, my son on camp was, was beaten quite severely for something. Um, where he took the blame for something. <laughs> As it turned out, he wasn't responsible. He was trying to cover for others. Mm. But um, very quickly, the the kids are taught that there's no such thing as snitching on other boys or under other people. So it's a environment of keeping the silence and keeping it to yourself, not letting people know. Yeah, that's a problem that I have in law because there's an obligation in law. But we're gonna, we'll talk to our attorneys about that very soon, about the obligation to report abuse. And if we did report abuse... It wouldn't happen to more than one if, you know, in a perfect world. Sure. We'll come to our attorneys on that one. Let me just talk about something that I read in the, of all papers, the South African Jewish Report, and I'm going to quote it. One of the parents, Bossert, B-O-S-S-E-R-T, shared a letter written by one of the mothers whose son was abused. 
And uh, this is Bossa. Yeah. Sorry to correct you. She's not a parent. She's the hostel mom, or oh, okay. she runs the hostel. I think she's the director of the hostel, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, but good. Yeah, so she's not a parent, but she's a hostel mom. In it, she said that parents placed their sons into these all boys traditional schools, and quote, in the hope that our boys can be developed into well-rounded gentlemen through the disciplined routine of academics, culture, and sport. What is actually taking place is nothing short of an abomination. That's, that's, that's a hell of a, an indictment against, sure. against the school, and it's, in fact, it's true. Absolutely. Um, the, the biggest thing that we, we're trying to do as parents, obviously our kids have had to deal with this, but we'd really like to get to a point where we prevent it from happening in future. And the main thing is that it has to be dealt with at a school level. So once the school or the people in charge of the school get to become aware of situations of bullying or initiation, they need to take care of that business and make sure that these kids that have done these things are made an example of to make sure that the ones that follow don't do the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And my problem with the school is that they will know about these kinds of things and mm-hmm. actually reward in some instances the kids that have done stuff like this. So if you want to stop something like this, you're going to have to make sure that you you stop it where it starts. Nip it in the butt. Don't let it go forward. Sure. What I have is a situation where... I'll give you a simple example where a kid is beaten and the perpetrator isn't even reported by teachers that are made aware of it. And that kid goes on and becomes the same and wants to get in fights and doesn't get punished for what he gets, what he gets done. My other son, who was also at the school at one point, he was beaten and it was left to me to sort it out legally. I, I pressed charges against him of criminal injuria and assault. And the school did virtually nothing, giving him, I think it was one principal's detention, which was a six-hour of, I believe, sanding tables. Whereas Jason has an argument with a teacher, and he gets two principal's detention. He has normal detention. He gets excused or banned from maths class for a week, and he has to go and see a counselor to manage his anger. And he gets made an example of in the school hall. Mm-hmm where the teacher says if anybody ever argues with the teacher or has this type of thing, they'll have me to deal with. Mm-hmm. And it's incredible the amount of attention they try and spend on trying to get the kids to respect the teachers and the process, but they've got no time to give when it comes to stopping kids beating each other up and doing initiation. Mm-hmm. And that's where it needs to change. Absolutely. If you sort that out, you'll solve all the problems. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ian, mm-hmm. you, um, your, your boys, or yes. your boy at least, um, <coughs> Who told you about the abuse? Did, did he eventually tell you, or did it come through everyone else's story? <laughs> you know, he hinted towards it um, quite early on when Colin Rex uh, started doing more water polo at the school. Um, but he didn't give it any sort of importance, or not importance, but he didn't elaborate enough. He kind of wanted to feel how I felt about it. And you referred to Colin Rex um, touching his genitalia in the pool. And you wouldn't say by looking at me, but I used to play quite a bit of sport. Um, and I considered it some sort of tactic of distraction. So, for example, and I use the same example, when you're playing soccer and you're standing waiting for a corner to come in and you're busy tussling around with your opposition, just before the ball comes in, you'll tap, you'll just tap your, your opposition in the crotch area to distract him for a second to get the upper hand. So that was my interpretation, and that's what I understood it as. And obviously later, 
when this all came to fore, Jason started elaborating a bit, and it was only really at the court case that we understood exactly how big it was for him, specifically. And since then, we've been dealing with a lot of issues about exactly how big it is. It keeps growing. He's talking a lot more about what what happened to him. It's very difficult. Did, yeah. uh, did your son give evidence in court? Yes, definitely. He was. Yeah. I don't know how many kids spoke in court. A lot of them spoke in camera. But Jason had just turned 18, just his luck. <laughs> so he had to talk in court. Yeah. How was that for him? It was, I mean, being in court is, is never easy, especially well, he was, with a sexual matter. He was quite confrontational. Fortunately, <laughs> 57 charges mm-hmm. of those 144 were mm. Jason. So... So it was very difficult for us, but he didn't have to deal with that in court because because he pleaded guilty to it. Yeah. You didn't have to find him. You didn't have to testify with regard to it. It was dealt with before it got there. So he dealt with um, a different aspect. Jason, on one occasion, had well, he had twenty assaults that were, he estimated twenty assaults. He said there were probably more, but for safety's sake, he would say twenty because he didn't want to make it too big. You know, he was trying to be safe, he said, with regards to the 20 charges of assault. Um, he said that Rex would come in and, and wrestle and choke and that kind of thing. Jason, on one occasion, was chased down um, and choked out. He was choked unconscious. Mm-hmm. Um, when it came to the testimony that he gave, he was fairly accurate in trying to explain. The judge, unfortunately, interrupted him and almost... Um, diminished his testimony I suppose or undermined his testimony and questioned why he didn't say 25 or 26 instead of 20 and I think put him under a lot of pressure there but he handled himself well he had a lot of things that um, he could have contributed at that point but I think he was just nervous the one thing that he was able to do though was to look Colin in the face (laughs) which was really cool I think Colin didn't spend much time looking at Jason he just blankly looked forward at the judge and didn't pay much attention to Jason, but Jason was able to look at Colin while he was testifying. So he's great. a strong kid, he's but he's got a lot him. to say. Does he, does he know you're here today uh, or that you were coming in? I think so. Did he give you a message? <laughs> My wife told yeah. him. I mean, is there anything that he would want to say? You're speaking on his behalf. Sure. How's he coping? I've, I mean, I've read some some horri- uh, horrific stories about some of the kids. You know what? Uh, he, he, he was batting a lot before yeah. he went. Yeah. He yeah. went. He was certainly one of those boys. Yeah. Um, he's in a facility at the moment where they're monitoring him, and they did have him on suicide watch, but he's no longer there. He seems to be in quite a good space. Um, he wants to talk now, so I suppose that's good. Mm-hmm. He's starting to bring out uh, people that we weren't aware of that might have been aware of the bullying and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. and that were present. And yeah, I think he just wants to get it all up. You know, we still haven't had time to sit down and actually talk with him because he's there. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he gets out, we hope to address it. Is there more to the story than, than came out? Oh, yeah. As far as the abuse is concerned? Definitely. Really? So even with regards to Colin Rex, he's mentioned a couple of things that took place where there were witnesses in um, opposite shower stalls. So, yeah, there's more to come with regards to him, but what we want him to do is to just get it out so that he can carry on. <laughs> we want him to get by this whole thing and just start pushing. So it's important that he writes his matric and hopefully does well enough to continue and 
mm. you know, make his own life. How are you yeah. and your wife coping? How's it been for you? It's been <laughs> two years. I've been you? having to put on a very brave face a lot and be the support for the family. So it's very you've difficult. Been, you've been teary-eyed throughout this interview. Yeah, it's very yeah. difficult. <laughs> um, my wife has also been in psychiatric care as well. She's had to. She's lost her job, or she's given up her job rather. She wasn't told to leave, but she can't cope with it. So there's been a lot. Um, his brothers have also had to deal with anger issues that Jason's got. So it's it's been difficult for them in that. You now Jason could be confrontational. Now. <coughs> he got some bad advice from a, a woman that was involved initially when it came to revealing everything about. Standing up and fighting for what you believe in And at some time resulted in Jason and his brothers Coming to blows And it hurts him a lot Because we are a very, very tight family You mm -hmm. know, so In fact, that's the one thing that keeps Jason going Is, is the family The support of the family yeah. Have there been parents who haven't supported their kids That you know of? <laughs> I think It's a difficult question to answer Because parents Parents um, Inherently support their children it's just how they support their children that's a problem. So some children we know were victims of Colin Rex. I know for a fact Jason has seen. And the parent support is, let's get past this, let's not make an issue. You know, let's just carry on and get stronger. Is there some merit in that? If you say to your kid, look, just leave it, let, let it go by. <laughs> not in my book. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, you people need to be held responsible for what they do. Mm. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if they do something good or something bad. They need to be put in their place for, and recognized for what they do. Mm. So when And my problem is the parent that, that lets something happen or is aware that something happened to their child and they do nothing about it because the, Jason will never, my son, will never come to me and say, Dad, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you take action? And that's my responsibility is to take the action that I mm -hmm. think he would want me to take, mm -hmm. to fight for his Justice, if that makes sense. You know, where you've got parents who would rather let them get by or, or for, try and forget what's happened um, and to progress. And there's parents that have done this, in my opinion, simply to try and keep their kids in a, in a standing so that they can go on and progress possibly. You know, there are kids that have progressed quite nicely in the school and are sitting in, 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 in good spaces. But they have gone through this experience. And I don't know if it's going to hit them later. If they're going to come back and say we should have done something or I have to deal with this now. Mm. All too often we hear of victims that come out years after things took place and say that they've had to live with it all the time. Sure. Whereas I think dealing with the issue and trying to get it out of your system, making people aware of it, is the best way to deal with it. Because there's no, <laughs> there's no judgment once you, the truth is out. You know, if you're telling the truth, nobody can give you an issue. Absolutely. You know, and that's mm. what it's, that's, that's what it is, is about telling the truth and making sure people know the truth. And everybody should be standing up and telling the truth instead of trying to keep it from the rest of the Let's the talk. Many thanks for this, Ian. It's not sure. easy. You've opened up. We appreciate it. Let's talk to uh, Buyi Koza. Okay. Buyi, you're a mom. Your son, you want to give his name? My son's name is Mbulelo Koza. He's currently yeah. in matric and he's also yeah. writing his exams. Has, how's he coping at the moment? <laughs> I think if I didn't take him out of body, not that there's something wrong with the new master, I think my son would have committed suicide. Um, I lost my son for three and a half years. Didn't know who he was. Thought, I even thought he was a Satanist because he wouldn't sleep at night, not knowing that, that, that 
those were the times when they were abused in boarding between uh, nine and three. And I thought, oh, mine is a satanist. I even asked him, are you a satanist or something? Because you don't sleep. Uh, are you taking drugs? What's wrong with you? And he would fight with his brother as if he was the very same video that I saw of Colin Rex is what he was doing to his little brother. And I used to fight with him to say, you do not hold your brother's private parts. Is there something wrong with you? But he wouldn't say he was just that child that fought with me, that said I hated him. That's why I'm keeping him in the boarding. And because I did not understand, I thought it was a stage Mm. that he wants to be naughty, come home and not go to boarding and focus on his studies. And I think what is said is that I deal with young people and I can, I can see when, when someone is troubled, but I didn't see mine. I did not see mine. Even when we got the first email from the school, I thought, ah, it's someone else. I read it and I like, ah, it's okay. I don't think it's mine. I would have seen it until I got a call to say, your son is one of the victims. Mm. And because I'm a rape victim myself, yeah. I was like, is this history repeating itself? What am I going to do? And I remember my son struggled with um, going forward with an affidavit. And I had to sit down now and tell him something that I never told anyone to say what? You know what, Nana? I'm a rape victim. If you let this go, can you imagine how many other boys are going to be raped or are going to be abused because you've decided you don't want him to be in trouble? Who said he's going to be in trouble? And what's funny with, with Pactown boys is that even though they knew Colin Rex was doing this, there are teachers that know about it that would bully our kids to ensure that they keep quiet up until today. Now you have our kids writing exams, one of the biggest bullies at school that put books on top of him on, on, in a stand up position and you ask yourself, what happened? So our, our kids have endured a lot, they lost themselves, they went through drugs, they smoked weed, they smoked everything. And I remember asking them, why are you smoking? Cause I found a lot of packed on poison in my house smoking weed and I was very angry. Not understanding that they were trying to forget. What, what, is, what was happening to them in school. Now you have to tell your son, marijuana is not, is not good because of one, two, three, and one, two, three, and one, two, three. And you're complaining at a school and it's like you're hitting a brick wall. You know, you, you have GDE that's supposed to take ownership of things that they've, they've, they've admitted to on the H&M report, but nothing is done. Are you saying our kids are liars? Are you saying you don't believe our kids? Are you saying they deserved it? I remember there's a, a friend of mine whose child is in grade eight this year, and she says that she thought that we were crazy parents fighting the school. If we were not happy, we should have taken our kids out. And I said to her, you know what, my friend, your son was not raped because of us. Mm-hmm. And she said, what? I said, your son, who is in grade eight this year, was not raped because of us. Mm-hmm. In, instead of, of pointing fingers and saying these things and not knowing what happened, you. you should be embracing us. And we are not doing it to get the glory. We are doing it to ensure that what our kids endured does not happen to any other boy. Whether it's a girl or a boy, rape is rape. And, and I said to someone, for a boy, it's worse because you are men. You are supposed to be the head of the house. How do you become a head of a house when you are broken? And Yesterday when I was with the social worker Because now they're getting statements for all the abused kids And there's, there's things they're not supposed to divulge to us And she said to me Your son wants to go and study far away from me Because he wants to forget I said to her, he's going to relapse And he's going to smoke the same very weed again Running away will not solve it And I said to her, can you tell me what's happening Because he doesn't talk to me I know my son has gone through hell I know matriculants hit him And 
with him, Rex pulled him when he had hidden himself and he strangled him. So when they talk about this boy that was unconscious and almost that it's my son. And sitting in court and hearing everybody say Mbulelo Koza. And for me, I thought it was only once to learn that he went to hospital twice because he had passed out. I was like, are you sure you're talking about my son? And when I asked him, I do not know whether he's blocked it or he just doesn't want to remember it. Did you ever scold him for not telling you no. after it came out? All I could do. Isn't that the obvious reaction that a parent has? You can't. You can't. You are a mom. I'm a single mom. So I don't have a daddy. I can't scold him. I'm the mother. I'm the father. So all I had to do was sit down with him and say, what happened? Up until today, I do not know most of the things that happened to my son. Because he said, I said to the social worker, why did my son leave going to counselors and everything? And she said, he doesn't want to talk about it. He says, she, she says to me, your son has been beaten so many times by matriculants. And there's always this one teacher that comes up. You know, his name just keeps on coming up and he's the head of sports. And you're like, why would he get matriculants to beat our kids? What kind of a teacher are you to let that happen to boys? Uh, you, you cannot scold someone for being abused. All you can do is tell him you love him and support him. Absolutely. And the reason I fought and the reason why I was with the ladies and the reason I'm the one, because the school still doesn't know today that I'm the one who wrote to the MEC and everyone and we went to the media was because I wanted this thing out. And what it actually did to my son, even though he doesn't talk, was to make him aware that mommy loves me. Mommy is fighting for other boys. He said to me, you know what, mom, I'll be fine. Knowing that you are fighting for other boys, you are a cool mom. Remember, he hated me and he told me before. Mm. All of a sudden, I'm a cool mom. And taking him out of boarding this year, I, I have my son back. Not completely, but he plays with his sisters and brothers. Mm. They love him. Now, that family thing that we have at home, he's part of it. He's no longer that loner that would sit alone, bang his door, lock himself in the room, and then between... Nine and three, he's not sleeping. Four o'clock, you find him awake. Mm. Buya, I'd love to talk to you for hours. Yeah. And, and you, and you said so, so right. Let's just talk to, we've got mothers and bikers and lawyers and let's talk to our other mom today, Michelle Hopkirk. I think you organized the moms for us, for which we yeah, thank so you. I'm, yeah. I'm one of the spokeswoman people for the concerned parents. I'm a, f- a first hand witness of what, um, it was a school that, you know, your children choose, 2014. Um, I've been there since 2012. Do you only have one child that went to the school? Yes. Yeah. So there's a system in place that in 2009, there were 12 children that got criminal records. And I think one of the most important issues was the sexual assault in 2009. Nothing was done about it. I've read about that. Right. What, what was that about, very briefly? So a child was initiated, mm. and, a, and a very brave mother arrived at the school with police and had 12 senior boys arrested. Mm. Was that swept under the carpet? Yes. So she was victimized. She took her son out. So that system, we're talking to that system, and that system has spoken to us mm. again now. Mm. 2016, we got a new hostel director, Mr. Chris Bossart, and a hostel manager, Mrs. Bossart. And at the first committee meeting, he, he put cameras and he said, I don't run a hostel like this. It was an old hostel. 
And Chris and Marilet Bossett exposed the pedophilia. So the night we caught him, when you look at the footage, which changed our lives forever, there were seven kids in the room. With the water polo coach. With the water polo coach. Mm. Molesting a small boy of 14. And the other kids were walking in and out eating on their phones, sitting, chatting, walking in and out. And then he'll get busy with another boy. And I kept saying to the cop from Hillbro, why don't they hit him over the head? Why doesn't somebody <coughs> knock him out? Absolutely. Mm. And the cop next to me started to shake. He said, I, I have to go and get that monster. So that system, that little window we had into that system has what's happened. Mm-hmm. And we had a, we've got a matron and a, di- a boarding director who treat every child like their own. And despite what has happened in that hostel, which is hell, because they have stood up for those boys. I went to the first lawyers meeting where the lawyer walked in and said, by 5.30, we'll have this gone. So it's turned into them and us, witch hunting, troublemakers, hysterical mothers. Mm-hmm. We asked the question, why did over 35 boys keep quiet for over two years? Mm. How, did, how did that happen? Everyone wants to know that. Well, yeah, so what yeah. we did was we were mandated to ask, the boys would only talk to the matron, some boys to me, Another mother And in the meantime I must be honest The foundation, the old boys Have come to the party And built a state of the art hostel We've got a new hostel mm-hmm. Where child safety All the systems of initiation Transparency It's a brand new space But we have I, I keep comparing it to a train smash We've got children who were Beaten every night by a group of matrix who have turned into perpetrators 2015. So work with me for a minute. Mm. They were sexually abused. They were beaten. By, by fellow students. Matrix, yeah. 2015. Mm. Who had been groomed by Colon Rex mm. from tw- 2009, 2010, 11, 12. 2015, these children were now matrix. And the 2015 grade 8 camp, we have evidence, and that will be another criminal case, which starts next year. Our boys were trauma bonded at the Val for three days. We're dealing with children now who are emotionally and, and physically stuck because mm-hmm. their parents never knew. And everybody told them when they got off the buses crying and wailing, suck it up, this is what makes you a man. They didn't know what, what had happened. Mm-hmm. And last week I, I went with a warrant officer to pick up a J88, which is a medical certificate written by a top surgeon about what happened to one of the boys. You'll never be the same. And so what we're saying is the system has failed our kids. It's okay to be and, emotional. And we know that... We know that. It's like putting kids in a bus. Every year, new babies. Mm-hmm. And they go off down the hill. And one or two of those buses are going to go over the cliff of sexual abuse, initiation, grooming. The parents are groomed. How are you groomed? 
You'll you'll be captains and water polo players and rugby captains and rowing. You just do what we say. We initiate you. You don't talk. The Pogtown way. The Brotherhood. That means a predator can come in and molest you and rape your friends next to you in the Durban hostels and sodomize you night after night and you, you suck it up because that's a brotherhood. So little windows opened and we've said to the boys, boys, you never said, you never spoke. Ma'am, you wouldn't believe us. We're not, we don't want to be stitches. So we've, we've examined, we've interrogated the system with the help of this hostel master and the boarding matron who's taken it personally. Every single child has become her boy because the parents can't cope. We've had parents collapsing and in trauma. Why? It wasn't just colon wrecks. It was a 2015 brutal initiation by children who'd also been groomed and had got into positions of management and senior responsibility but didn't know what to do with that power. And so that power, like Mr. Luke Lumbrecht from the TDB Clinic has guided us and said, those children are like Ferraris. Adults are the brakes. So they were brutalized by their matrix and then the sports department rehired Colon Rex. After we have affidavits talking about his journey as a child there and his issues with sleeping in other babies' beds every night. You rehire him as a water polo coach. He has a criminal record, but we don't do any of those checks. And then he molests our boys. And then we tell you that we would like certain individuals removed because when our boys started to talk, they were victimized. They were made to stand up in assemblies. They were called snitches. They were given naught for work. So a very subtle message started to come through the leadership that you better be quiet, otherwise you will be isolated, penalized, and that's how the system stays in place. So our issue is this. Every year, next year, we'll have new babies coming in there. We'll put them on these buses. Think of it like this. And one or two of those buses are going to go over the cliff because we have certain individuals that allow initiation, the grooming of our kids. So in our hostel now, despite this, we've got more and more kids joining our hostel. Why? Because the kids feel safe. It's transparent. They can talk. If they hurt or if they're feeling unsafe, they can speak, they're heard, and that's the end of it. There's no... No covering. So Parktown boys never again. Is that what you say? Never again. Never again. You see, we thought we'd get to court. Criminal judgment handed down. It will all be fixed. It's not going to be fixed. No, it doesn't get fixed. But no. Yes. But what we're saying is, we're saying to the system, please don't do this to our children. And with the GDE, we're not there yet. We know how it happened. We know who was on duty. We don't want certain people on duty. And unless the school starts to heal. We're not, we're not fighting with the school. We're saying it's time to heal. Mm. Stop defending. Because one child, you've got a seven-year-old boy. Mm. You're going to entrust him into certain institutions' hands. There is a responsibility. And so we're saying we know how it happened. We know why it happened. And you need to dismantle that system. Mm. Michelle, 
Sorry to cut you. I really no, am. We have another father that walked in a little later. Yes. Introduce yourself, please. Pelelani Sindani. Oh, okay, cool. Pelelani, uh, your son was one of the abused? Yes, he uh, was. Tell us about him and how you found out. And Well, I think what I would like to say, um, other parents have said um, a mouthful and we all went through the same thing, but... The most disappointing part is that you rely on a system which is a school that has an SGP which is supposed to be functional and the GDE. And all you get to realize when things are unfolding is that even the SGP, it is captured by somebody. Mm -hmm. The GDE is also captured by somebody. Then you begin to ask yourself, who is going to assist us in all of this? Because... You look at the manner in which the SGP is being recycled amongst those who must keep this secret. And then you pick up from there to say, but hang on, somebody is protecting someone somewhere. Mm -hmm. It's just that we cannot put our finger on the pulse, but something is not right somewhere. The most frustrating part is when you talk to the authorities, which is your HOT and the MEC, and they give you this impression that we are on top of it, we feel you, we are going to do something about it. Mm -hmm. And you later discover that, no, no, these people are just buying time so that our kids, they, be, they get out of system because most of us, our kids are in grade 12. Mm -hmm. So they know that next year we don't have a leg to stand on to fight. Mm -hmm. But we are still going to fight because we are fully cognizant of the fact that we are dealing with the system, not only the individual. Yeah. The first law firm that they, they appointed, we told them to say this law firm did not do justice. H&M was brought in and H&M went deep and H&M proved us right that we were correct by saying the first law firm did not do justice into this. But then you ask yourself, there are teachers which they said they are suspending because of what they did. But the very same teachers are getting salary because they removed them from Parktown to a head office somewhere in town. So they are still being paid. And you ask yourself, if you are genuine about mm. dealing with this thing, why don't you suspend these teachers? And the problem that we have is that the MEC has been consistent in saying Parktown Boys, it's one of the best schools that gives them good metric results. So to us, it's a question of you are not dealing with the situation because you want to get good results out of Parktown at an expense of our children. When the same thing is happening in Soweto, in mm. Eldorado, in, 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 in other townships, the first thing he does, he suspends without getting proper e information what transpired. I can tell you, in Orlando, in Kuma school, children were abused by a security guard. The MEC was there. First day, he suspended everybody. The same thing is happening in Parkton Boys. No, we must appoint attorneys. We must appoint these. So, where are you suspending? Where are you not suspending? Mm. Point well made. Let's talk a little law now. Peter Fenecker, please come forward. Peter is a director of Teddy Bear Clinic that everyone knows about, and they do wonderful work. He's also an attorney, a prominent attorney with Eversheds in Johannesburg. <laughs> uh, Peter, this, there's one thing that's, that's, that's worrying me. If, if there's a legal obligation to report abuse, why don't people do it? Gary, yeah. Well, the problem is not with the law. Mm. We've got state-of-the-art legislation. It's been improved over the ages to 30 years ago, whatever the case was. You couldn't rape a male. 
that's all changed with the constitution, etc. So we've got really good laws in place. And you've heard today what the practical problems are. So yes, there's a legal duty on someone who knows about uh, a sexual offence being committed to report it. Yeah. But that's just, as we've heard, the start of the problem. Assuming that our children knew that. Our 17-year-olds and 16-year-olds know that there's a legal obligation on them, and they can go to jail if they don't report. Maybe one would say, well, I'm a bit scared. I I think I should report. And that's what you're looking for. You're looking for that one. That's precisely the point. First of all, I certainly as a 16 or 17-year-old didn't know what my legal obligations were to do X, Y, or Z. Mm. But forgetting about for a second the victims, you've got all these people who we've heard, teachers, et cetera, et cetera, who who have got a legal obligation and haven't done it. Mm. And there's a myriad of reasons why people don't do it. Scared. I mean, we're scared. Kids well, are scared, and everyone's it. scared and to report this. It's, uh, I'm now talking with my yeah. teddy bear foundation or yes. teddy bear yes. hat on. Yeah. Um, fear is one of them. I mean, the first thing is we've heard about peer group pressure. Mm. You know, you can never, ever begin to um, underestimate peer group pressure. We've heard this. You've got people actually witnessing, coercing, assisting in horrendous conduct. Um, I've got a 17-year-old child, and you just shudder at the thought of. But I know what peer group pressure can do. So there's 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 the peer group pressure factor. There's there's the guilt factor. Through my experience at the Teddy Bear Foundation, lots of victims believe it's their fault. Mm. I don't know what the psychology is. I'm not a psychologist, but that's the fact. So they think. Somehow they've done something wrong. Well, of course, they're totally innocent. Our previous talk has just touched on it. It's often the most vulnerable and defenseless people. We've been talking about Parktown Boys, which is an upmarket firm, as school, sorry. There's lots and lots of other instances where there's homeless people, people in care, etc., who get horrifically abused by people who are often known to them Mm. in power. There's the fear factor. We heard earlier on, it's not easy for someone to go through this trauma, then have to be brave enough. To go through the whole court case, which is horrific. Well, first of all, to report it. Mm. And then second of all, once you've reported it, to have to go and possibly be cross-examined by top lawyer mm-hmm. uh, that's just exacerbating the trauma that you've gone through and then of course there's also other factors such as embarrassment no one wants to go and talk about pretty horrific intimate conduct, uh, conduct that's been performed on you mm. without your consent and then you've got to go and talk about it mm-hmm. so as I say the law isn't the problem here, and I, I really sit here not as a lawyer because the law does have protection. Well, let's talk about the law. Do you want? Can I call up your your colleagues from your firm? Who's going to come forward? Okay, Josephine. 
what, where's the obligation to report for anyone who doesn't know this? Talk to us about the obligation and where that comes from and what the obligation really says. All right. So we've got a law that's called the Criminal Law Sexual Offences Act and Related Matters. Mm-hmm. So basically this law, in a nutshell, um, amended the, 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 the common law definition of rape. So this particular legislation allows for people to come forward, not only females in particular, but it's irrespective of gender if you've had any form of sexual violation that's, that's been done against you or rape. Um, in terms of Section 4, the legislation allows for... Um, rather makes provision for somebody who's aware of any sexual violation or rape that's been done on somebody. So it doesn't specify that you need to be a child or you need to be an adult. All it says is that once you're aware, once you've got knowledge that somebody has been sexually assaulted, you have an obligation to come forward and say that the sexual assault has, has happened. In the event that you don't yeah, do yeah, that, what, yeah, what is the failure? Yes. The failure to do so, um, you, can, you can be imprisoned or you can, be, um, you can pay a fine. Mm. So the difficulty with that is that sometimes in, this, in, in instances of rapes, you might not necessarily know. You can have a suspicion that somebody has been sexually assaulted, mm. but in the absence of that knowledge, some people won't necessarily come forward and say that this has happened. And also, again, as Peter said, with children, I mean, there are a lot of boys in the Parktown situation who are aware that their, their fellow um, students were being assaulted. But it's very difficult for a child when you know that a teacher or water polo instructor is assaulting you to go ahead to that very same water polo instructor, somebody who's above them, to say, well, this is what's happening. No, you make a very good point. Students. It's very difficult. I think what should happen is in, in assembly at assembly, this should be opened up. Yes. Am I right, That's parents? Yeah. And I think the principals yeah. should stand up, put this up on the board, show them section, is it 35 of the Sexual Offences Act? 54. Or 54 and say that's the section if you don't comply with that you'll go to jail mm. and I think yeah. that may all you want is one law fearing pupil to come forward and say well I'm going to have to report it or he'll yeah. tell his father or his mother yeah. and I think this is what we're trying to get across yes. today please check that section out okay now without support it's, uh, we can't, as, as, as human beings, exist. We need people rallying around us. We want love and attention. We need care. And a group of people that's doing that for us is a biking association. Who's going to come forward and talk about who you are, what you do, and the support that you're giving to the school parents and to everyone else? Thanks, Gary. Um, ladies and gentlemen, my name is David Colm. Um, I'm the National Vice President for Bikers Against Bullies South Africa. Um, now, one thing that I just want to get out of the way is, is obviously coming from the biking community, we've got a lot of eyes and ears on us at the moment. Um, and I just want to make it clear that we are not a motorcycle club. We're not an MC. We're not affiliated with any motorcycle clubs at this point in time. Um, basically, what we do is we ride in support of parents and children being bullied. Because the problem that we have here, and, and most of you have touched on that, is that you sit with a child at the end of the day that doesn't have a voice. Or he has a voice, but he's too scared to make that voice heard. And that's what we do here. You know, we, 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 we stand up. Our, lo- our slogan is stand up and be heard. And that's what we do for the kids and for the parents at the end of the day. Um, a lot of parents, uh, you know, in the short time that I've been at the head of this, is, is, is that we've realized that there's a lot of parents that are not educated in the due process that need to be followed on how to address a school, how to approach the blue situation, everything like that. So that's, that's where we help as well, as we, we guide parents through those uh, processes, due processes that need to be followed. 
Um, Are you guys going to be there for the sentencing, which is on the 31st of this month, which is October? Yeah, next Wednesday, October. 2018. Yeah. Are, are some of you able to rally around them on that day? Look, they, 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 we, we have uh, something that we're working on at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the biker community is, is, is a brotherhood built on respect. Mm-hmm. Um, now, for, for us to be able to do something like that, we, we are now actually busy going around to different motorcycle clubs and introducing ourselves as a foundation or organization. Um, we've got a meeting tomorrow night with two very prolific uh, MCs in the country and if we can gain their support and most importantly gain their respect then you know those plans can start falling into place. Are there any bikers here and there's a whole group of you that want to come forward talk about your own story whatever you like please so come forward did I cut you? No, no, Just no. Give no it, also give out your your Facebook page so, and your website or whatever you want people to look at. Um, the Facebook page is uh, Bikers Against Bullies uh, South Africa uh, South African Chapter if anyone's bullied at school or anywhere, they can come to you. And I feel very sorry for the person that's bullied them because when I look at you, like, jeepers. Okay. Good. Please come forward. Give your name and uh, if, yeah, tell your story. Afternoon. Um, I'm known in, in the biker community. My nickname is Beers. I wonder why. But, um, you know, I, I came from school, from a primary school objective where I was bullied. Um, and about three weeks ago I w- walked into my bully and today I'm twice his size he's absolutely and it was amazing to look him in the eye you know I think most of us standing around the table yeah, my colleagues yeah, has been bullied and as bad as your kids I, I can't mention my colleague's name but he's also been bullied and for me it's just a, a passion at this stage where I want to with my with my fellow bikers and I want to call on all my fellow bikers. Let's put a foundation mm. down for these kids. There is due processes. We are we are not gonna go out there and bully the bullies. Mm. We wanna go out there and get the bully and help him because maybe he's bullied mm. in school or at home or wherever. You know, we wanna go out and, and set a, a platform. We are actually very busy with it. Um, in the in the foreseeable future, we're going to have our Facebook page, where the whole due process will be how to approach your school, get it in writing, um, put it down on paper, um, so that we have that we can employ or not employ, but get support from other people. Because we've got also lawyers in the biking community. The biking community is no longer um, just the rough outcasts of South Africa that drives a bike. <laughs> We are all we are all businessmen. We are, um, you know, all all the bikers these days come from different facets of the. We've got lawyers and psychologists and mm-hmm. MDs of companies that drive with us, and they want all want to to bring forward that we need to put back into the community. And Bikers Against Bullies SA is there to put a, a, a confidential platform down for these kids. To come and maybe I don't want to talk to my mother or I don't want to talk yeah, to my father. Absolutely, I love what you people are doing. Yeah. You, the guy, I want to come and talk to Beers if I have a problem. Yeah, you know, I seriously and, do. And, yeah. and my passion, I, I, I've got a personal interest also amongst my colleagues. Yeah. For me, is I want to put the platform because you get the bullies that's at school and it's mummies and daddies run to school mm. and cover their backsides. I want to put a platform there for the bully that doesn't want to talk to the school, that doesn't want to talk to his parents, to come to us and ask us, can we, can you listen to me? I've got a problem. 
I want to get to a point where we can go to a school and say, we've got 20 complaints. Like you Parktown mm. moms and dads has got. There's 20 complaints. All right? We've got it in writing. We've mm. got it here. We've gone to the parents. We we are willing to talk to it. You know, and and purely from a from an ethical side. You know, these are schools that... Yes, we'll give you, we'll give you your whole, one whole show one day. I just want to give your colleagues a chance as well. Uh, who wants to come forward? A minute each, please, because I want to talk about uh, with the parents about the sentencing before we go. Hi, thanks, Gary. Um, thanks for the opportunity. I'm honored. I'm privileged to be here. My name is Rob Hind, um, and I get quite emotional when I think about these things, but to you guys in particular, to the you're parents. not alone. Yeah, yeah, to the parents. You're not alone anymore. We're here. Reach out to us. Use us. That's what we're here for. Um, and uh, we're here to give you that support. And um, definitely I can understand the sensitivities and the emotions, and I would like to make a proposal that with your permission, Ian, that we would like to actually go and visit your son. And, you know, just let him know that we're there and, um, you know, take it to the next level again. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Anyone who, I mean, this does, doesn't just apply to Ian, anyone's son yeah. who's been through this. Yeah. Please contact the bikers and uh, they'll visit your son. Absolutely. And they'll prop him up. Eh? They've got their stories of hell as well. We all do. We for all sure. Do. Yeah. Next. Hi, guys. Thank you for the opportunity. My name is Rene Ferrara. I'm a national associate of the BABSA group. Um, we just, we just, we are here for you guys. We are here to support you in any way we can. And our, our founding father that stays in America, Vincent Furry, he's, he's all for this. That's why we're here today for this amazing people that you are with this problems you've got with the school. We are here to help you guys. Thank you. Thanks. Well, many thanks. Let's talk about the sentencing. Um, it's next week. What, what do you foresee? Have you got any idea of what kind of sentence should be or will be given? You were in court. You, you can feel the judge's sentiments. How do from you the, from yeah. my experience with that judge, sorry to say that judge, that judge is the most heartless bully I've ever seen. He was supposed to take both sides. He would tell us in court, he's just a baby like your son. So we don't know what we're going to get. He is the most ruthless the most uncaring person I've come across. Remember, our kids are now 18, and they have to face this guy that has intimidated them, that has bullied them, that has done harm to them. And he says, when is your age? He was playing. Was he playing? When? And, and no child knows the difference between a bum and an ass. We all say it's a bum. Then he said, because you said it's a bum, it's no longer relevant. What kind of a father is like that? Mm. I do not, I have, you know, when I think about the judge... What are you hoping? What kind of sentence are you hoping for? I want for? him to go to prison. For, yeah. for how long? And not for less than five or ten years. Because if that boy comes out, he's still going to rape other kids. Mm. It's a norm. I mean, you look they at... should have castration. You look at his like Facebook. Yeah. He's carrying on as if he's done nothing. He's got a mm. girlfriend. They're loving. It's, it's beautiful. What mm. about the boys? What, what message is he sending to the boys? That, oh, since the judge is on my side, I'll always get away with murder. I mean, his bail application expired, and the judge said he must go out. What kind of a man is that? How many parents are going to the sentencing next week? Do you know? Well, every, every oh, I think every court's appearance there's been more and more. Yeah, parents, there's more parents. About mm. ten, I'd say between what ten, eleven, twelve. Yeah. There's twenty, twenty-five uh, boys that were asked to testify. Uh, the the children have, you know, the criminal system, the criminal. 
a lot of um, what do we call it? We waited for this criminal case to get him off the streets and put him away. Mm. Yeah. And if he gets out after a five years suspended for two, he's out after two three years. Mm. The justice won't won't oh, have no, been done. No, because because yeah. we know for a fact that his, his sexual boundaries are. But mm. we, we've had such great support from. Olivia Jezreel. Yeah, she's someone I'd like to thank very much. She just actually walked into studio. Amazing. She's helped put the show together. And Uh, she's the girl that was was raped by Bob Hewitt, who's applying to get off half his sentence or or more than half. We're going to do that show next week. Yes. Olivia's coming back with Peter, and uh, whoever wants to come, they're welcome. Uh, We've got to put an end to that one. Uh, Am I right, Olivia? Yeah, we can't hear your voice. There's one person who wants to say something, one of the fathers, before we go. Look, um, we are hoping that the judge will have sanity when he (laughs) passes the judgment. Because ever since, we feel that the judge... In fact, I will not be surprised if the judge himself is a victim of what is supposed to punish today. And because nobody stood up for him and is still holding on to a secret code, I will not be surprised. Mm. Lange, you want to say something, don't you? Yes, uh, Gary. Uh, but first and foremost, thank you very much for uh, for creating this platform just so that we can actually talk about it. But to all the family members as well as the parents who actually shared their stories, thank you so very much because through your voices and through your experiences, South Africa will be a much better uh, community now that we can actually talk about it. What was actually even more impressive was the bikers. All of them are males who actually came here in support of this and kudos to them because we need more men to actually start standing up and really being role models to to, to our uh, to our community uh, youth members. Thank you so very much and good to see you, madam. Good. We're going to follow the progress of this and we'll report back to our listeners. Uh, We want to give out some detail. Ian, you want to give out the uh, social media detail so that people can follow this. It's just uh, there's there's an Instagram Twitter follow PBHS Parent um, uh, at PBHS Parent, which is a Twitter and Instagram feed, which is just to try and create a bit more awareness about what the judge missed. In my opinion, you're talking about there's nothing wrong with the law. Um, I think there is, and I don't think it's the written law. I think it's the people that are trying to enforce it. And the judge didn't give an opportunity, in my belief, to properly understand what was going on. This guy tried to... This guy tried to make it look as though the boys were fighting with each other and wrestling with each other. And Rex tried to give that impression that it was a, a fight or a bout that was taking place. And it was very clearly a dominance issue where Rex would come up and approach the kids without their permission and take advantage and dominate them. And if you go and check out that PBHS parent on Instagram, you'll see some evidence of that. I'm hoping that there's somebody out there that actually has the judge's ear and can explain to him what really happens because he didn't give it a chance. And there was evidence where the judge said that the wreck sounded believable and the fact that he admitted to 144 charges of sexual mm-hmm. assault, he should be believed as opposed to believing the victims, yep. which I think is ridiculous. And there were statements made by Rex that were easy to corroborate if you actually just involved the people that he implicated and those people didn't come in 
to testify or get asked questions. So the job wasn't done properly. Mm, well, as an attorney, I can't comment on a judge's behavior, and uh, the matter's still up for sentencing. I'd like a conversation so, with yeah, him. I really yeah. don't mind. Well, maybe you will one day. Anyway, thank you to everybody. We're going to take pictures. We're going to put them all up to especially you, our listener. Thank you for picking this one up, and uh, we'll be back next week. Thank you. This is CliffCentral.com.